Hello and welcome back to Draycott Diaries. We've got a slightly different programme tonight. It's one of our documentaries series. I'm delighted that the Draycott Community Shop have uh, said that they will talk to us. And this time, actually, I'm sitting with Jackie Meldon and also Tim Cook. Under the table, we have Jackie, the guide dog, not to be confused with Jackie Meldon. So if we hear of any shaking collars, then um, I apologise in advance. We're very grateful, uh, Jackie, also for for letting us, rather, be in your lovely home for doing this. So we're going to rock on. I want to ask you both, really, the last time we, we talked, I think I've talked to you guys twice, actually, but we've had to do it remotely because of because of COVID. And, and also this evening, I should make it clear to our listeners that we are all socially distanced. So let's have a look back at the year, because it is just coming up to a year. Now, if I'm right, Tim, you are chair and Jackie, you are vice chair. Yeah, that's right. And we're recording this on the 2nd of November, 2020. Am I right? Was it almost a year ago today that the shop as we know it now in some sort of form was operating? Can you tell us a little bit about that? We took over the business on the 1st of November, 2019. And for the first month, we were using the horse box... You're using a horse box. Horse box. Sounds funny now, doesn't it? <laughs> Parked in a driveways, just really to keep the trade going, daily newspapers, milk, necessities, because we didn't want to lose those valuable customers. So it was a little bit chilly. Um, and I think we should also say, Jackie, to, to some of our listeners who also are abroad who don't even live in the village, that the community shop, as it now is, was taken over, well, a year before, wasn't it? Oh, no, no, it wasn't. Sorry. The horse box you did about this time a year ago. Yes. And only a month before that, you took over the premises from the last proprietor. Is that right? It was a matter of days, actually, but yes. We took over the premises. We realised we had to do a massive refit, and we couldn't do that without moving the shop activity out. And... Hence the horse trailer the horse and the heater. <laughs> was it cold? Freezing, as Leonie would attest to, as well as volunteers with their gloves. I do remember seeing people around the village looking rather lost because the shop clearly were, had lots of stuff going on in it, but it wasn't selling anything. And everybody was going, it's over there. <laughs> exactly, yes. We had some big arrows printed, didn't we, to guide people in the right direction. Oh. Um, but yeah, actually looking back on it and looking at some of the photographs, fabulous, you know, really a fun experience to have had, despite the milk freezing in the fridges. Well, it was very impressive. <laughs> so you then moved into the premises. What date was that? We clouded up the windows, didn't we, the week before, screened it all off. Lots of frantic painting, just complete redecoration. So we we reopened officially on the 30th of November, didn't we, Tim? Yeah. And we had a bit of an event. So we had mulled wine or mulled cider, mince homemade mince pies. And as life before COVID, we could actually have a big group get together, couldn't we? So um, we have a couple of lovely photographs of 
I don't know, 40, 50, 60 villagers all outside celebrating the launch of the shop. And I don't think the shop's ever been so busy (laughs) that weekend. We couldn't move. (laughs) It was amazing. It was such a crowd and we just did not stop, did we, all that day. We were on such a high. It was brilliant. and Everybody was thrilled because the shop looked lovely. And lots of tasty treats for people to buy. But it was a really special community day. It felt like this is now back to being the heart of the village, which we'd kind of lost. We did, and I mean, as a, as a, a villager and, mm-hmm. a, and a lady with a disability and with my sight loss, when I knew that the shop was going to close, the original shop, I really, I just wondered how life would be, because we're a, we're a bus ride away from anywhere else that does food. So I was really, really terrified. So that when you guys took over, it, it was a fantastic thing. And also, just to remind our listeners, it's completely voluntary run. Is that correct? Well, we have um, a manager. She is, she is an employee. So she's part-time, does an awful lot. But she's the only paid member she, of staff. Yes. So the community shop is effectively owned by shareholders who are all in the community and then the general day-to-day, apart from our manager, is it's purely voluntary. Volunteers. And the same for the community committee. So yes. it's been quite a year, and that's what we've come to talk to about this evening, yes. collectively, because this was December, and COVID, I don't think, was even mentioned no. at that stage. I think we were still wrestling with Brexit. And I think we all agree now that we'd quite like Brexit to come back. <laughs> So we move on, and, and the shop was, if I remember, I mean, Jackie, we're good friends, and I remember you being delighted because the traction was going well, you were getting volunteers, everything, you set up wonderful yeah. systems for people to be able to put themselves on shifts, and, and it just felt like everybody was catching their breath, they had a fabulous new shiny yeah. shop, and the community was able to come together and chat, which was very much part of the ethic of the shop, if I remember rightly. And then come January and February, we were all, weren't we, made aware that this virus was coming. And I think we all thought, oh, it's just flu, it'll be fine. But come March, that's when really a lot of stuff hit the fan, didn't it? So can you tell me, uh, from, from your point of view, guys, how, how that felt and how... It affected what you had built up by this stage, which was enormous. Well, you're right. Everything was falling into place. Wonderful volunteers. And I was thinking, great, the next week is filled. The rotor is filled. And it didn't seem real until it actually happened. Mm-hmm. We were all sort of talking about being it being elsewhere. And then obviously, suddenly, it was here. And people over a certain age were being asked to stay at home. Obviously they did, but a lot of those people were, uh, that included many of our core volunteers. So yes, there was quite a big domino effect when people felt that, you know, they couldn't come into the shop for obvious reasons. I think we lost two thirds of our volunteers within about 48 hours, didn't we? But luckily, a lot of people in the village, I guess some of the younger ones who had then become on furlough, stepped up to the mark and they're brilliant. We put one shout out on Facebook looking for volunteers to help and we had everybody we needed didn't yeah, we within just... the matter of another 48 hours so it was a real roller coaster yeah. week of yeah oh no and yay <laughs> but it's been amazing how so many of them were available to help in the shop and do various other errands that we were looking at because we were also launching 
the home delivery service for those people that were isolating or that had to shield. So that was a, a whole extra role that we had to take on as the shop because um, we obviously didn't want infected people potentially coming to our local shop. And then at which point, Tim and Jackie, did you all sit down as the committee and go, we've got to start implementing some government regulations now? Because you've made some physical changes to the shop, which mm-hmm. I'd love to know a little bit more about. But obviously behind the scenes, you've you probably had to rewrite the rule book, I imagine. So can you tell us a little bit about that? We had to start doing things by Zoom. So obviously our cosy committee meetings didn't happen anymore. <laughs> our communication had to change, but thank goodness for electronic communication. But what about the physicality yeah, of the well, shop? The new volunteers had to very much hit the ground running. You know, it was suddenly, hello, great, thank you, this is the till. Um, and they, they were brilliant and, and it was lovely. And some younger people who had been furloughed... I think and I hope a lot of them got a lot back from being involved and people enjoyed being involved when they suddenly had all this time. Mm. But to go back to your question, yes, we did have to suddenly think about the fact that we couldn't have too many people in the shop. The counter was near the back of the shop, so we realised we were working out how we were going to manage the customers, but we also had to think about how we managed the volunteers because one was not enough. The shop business was getting so well which is very very busy so we had to move our old counter forward to rearrange the shop and then we had to get a screen up didn't we Tim because we were face to face with people and bring in a whole cleaning regime I mean we were very lucky that some of the volunteers who felt that they couldn't come in the shop were happy to come in and do a a shift on their own so they stepped up and helped us with a greatly increased more regular cleaning regime and another tier of volunteers stepped up because the phone went mad. Everybody was panicking. Boris had made his announcement. We, people felt they couldn't go out. So the phone did not stop ringing. So we then had to divert the phone. So we had another team of volunteers manning the phones every day and set up systems to manage that. And we did. And then we also had the volunteers that were then delivering those so we had to then package them up in the shop and then we had to have a, another group that were dedicated to go around delivering it. So it worked really well. And also I should say that I know you would say this about everybody, but yourselves and all your volunteers, yeah. most people have day jobs as well. So you were having to implement all these massive changes. You were learning because mm-hmm. you'd never run a shop before. No. You'd only had it up and running a while. And, you know, those day-to-day worries that you had, like getting the old safe out, fridges that weren't moving and the cold broken, the cold of the shop. Suddenly (laughs) these must have seemed very pale when suddenly you get hit by by something like this. How did the community react? Were were people reasonably responsive and, and quick to get what you were trying to do? And you know, did they understand the management of staying outside the shop? Because you had to kind of get a bit bossy with people. You had to go from the, hello, welcome, this is your new community shop. You know, this is what we built for you so you can all come together. And actually, guys, now we're all saying to you, no, you can't come together anymore. You've actually all got to self-isolate and stay outside the shop. That's quite a heavy change of mantra. Yes, I think we were probably very lucky considering the weather because that did help the fact that we could only have one person in the shop at a time there was just another great socializing from a distance socially distance conversations that were going on in the street and everybody was very 
thankful, I think, that we were taking those kind of precautions, not only to protect the volunteers, but also to protect them when they came to do the shop. So, no, I think it was very well received, actually. Maybe a bit more challenging in uh, less positive weather conditions. Mm. We should mention here that there was a very, very key figure called Steve Ledbetter, who's a friend of all of us around the table, who was the company chair. Company secretary. Sorry, company secretary, I do apologise. Who was absolutely there at the birth of this even idea. Yeah, definitely. Very instrumental. He got a life-changing diagnosis in January, and very sadly we lost him in August. So I'm imagining during all the stuff that you're having to to deal with you're also challenged with the potential loss of a of a very dear friend yes absolutely and that was a hard moment to be told that and it was hard then navigating the next few months during that process really there's a lot of functions that the secretary gets involved with doing that we had to try and find alternative ways around at some point and yeah, and he was such such an amazing figure and instrumental in saving the shop in the first place. It was a real blow to a very close, tight-knit committee that had set, set the whole thing in motion, really. And community, Tim, I think. I think the two C's here, because on the day of the funeral, uh, which for me was one of the most moving things I've ever I've ever been involved in where everybody from the village and the volunteers from the shop and the committee, we all stood outside the shop when the hearse went by and just to make it a little bit more emotional, the funeral director got out of the car and... Outside uh, the shop. And uh, stopped outside the shop. And it was just such a moving moment. We were all there. It really was. It felt strange because it was in the middle of COVID as well and there were people either side of the the street but uh, we will never ever forget Steve. So let's move on to some so many other things. We all find it quite challenging didn't we COVID learning you know sort of new masks and stuff like that. Presumably there was some humour going on with with people you know <laughs> trying to work that out and was yeah. hearing aids and masks and then forgetting them and, forgetting then, oh, them yeah, and wearing exactly. them. Um, yes, the wrong place. Half mass, <laughs> oh. shouting from the doorsteps. I only want a loaf of bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how things, how things have changed. But people were reasonably positive, were they? Absolutely. But there, there was also um, there's been a bench I think that's been donated so that it's you know a social distance bench so that people can <laughs> sit at either end. Mm. But it is still you know even socially distancing, it's still somewhere for people to come and to share. And uh, I'm, I'm sure there are many stories that you can tell us, but um, I, it makes me giggle when I walk past all the time. It's very rare that you can go to the shop and just go in and buy what, you, what you want and leave again. There's... We always said we wanted it to be a hub, didn't mm. we? And we were talking, thinking about having a coffee machine and inviting people to linger. And of course, we couldn't do any of that. But it is a hub. It is. It's still managed to be a hub, but it's with socially distancing. It's a hug that's hub. become a hub. Yes, mm. yes. Yeah. Did uh, you see where I went with that? I think so. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to move on. Okay, it's November the 2nd. Yes. 2020. We had some bad news, didn't we? 
Boris, basically, has said we're going into another lockdown. Yes. And that is upon us on Thursday, which mm-hmm. today is Monday, isn't it? Complete lockdown. Obviously, immediate uh, amenities like shops and food will stay open, including the community shop. Absolutely. My question to you guys is, here we go again. Do you feel you've learnt anything from the past? And how do you plan to move forward? I think it's probably fair to say it's not completely unexpected. And we put an awful lot of procedures in place the first time that we haven't really stopped doing. And therefore, we're set in quite a good position. We, of course, made it mandatory for our volunteers to wear face coverings before that became a regulation in the shops. We had the screens, which was another layer of protection. We sanitise regularly. We've got hand sanitizer on the doors and... You know, we are really set up. So I think for us, it's just important that we keep our volunteers safe, but that we keep our customers safe. And the only change really is that we're going back to having one person in the shop as a customer at any time. And that we will, we've always still been doing the home delivery service Mm -hmm. for those that are isolating or shielding. I know we haven't quite got the same shielding label this time, but that will still be a service that we're offering. And if we become busier, as it may well happen, then hopefully we're going to have the core volunteers to step back up to the mark and help us with some of the home delivery services. And they have the ability to be able to either order on by phone again or but online because we have a website that's set up so that people can order. So they can I, do it through the website? They can yeah. do it through the can website. Can you just remind us of the website address? Yeah, draycockcommunityshop.co.uk. And the phone number, can you remember that off the top of your head? 01934 Wow, that's good, because I thought we might have to stop there. <laughs> Testing me. <laughs> and, and, and look it up. Are you getting any sense, like before, yeah. of panic buying? Because now, the other thing I remember vividly, which was a worry, was because of the panic buying in other shops, there was a sense, wasn't there, that... People from outside. I mean, obviously, we welcome people from oh, yeah. outside the village. Of course, mm. we do. We love we love visitors, and we're very proud of our beautiful village. But there was a slight worry that we would get people coming and rampaging through through the stuff. Because our shop, you know, somebody goes out, don't they? One, you know, two, a couple of the volunteers go out and get a lot of the stuff on a on a oh, weekly yeah, basis. Absolutely, we, we should should give them credit as well. So, is there any sense at the moment with with uh, Thursday being two days away that people are panic buying, that loo rolls are going, or are you going to have to do any? What's the word? Rationing. Thank you. Rationing. Rationing. Saturday, people were starting to murmur that there was going to be an announcement. Obviously, there was. We were very busy on Saturday, but on my watch, I didn't pick up any panic buying. That might have changed now. And yes, you're right, we did We did move our sign from the main road. Last because time. Because last time, we ran out of flour, we ran out of paracetamol, we ran out of loo rolls, pasta baking ingredients we had to be very resourceful where we got stock from because the wholesaler had run out and we were being rationed ourselves weren't we but in fairness i think we did we actually managed to get ahead of the supermarkets in some ways because after the first week we pretty much had new rolls eggs flour from the local burkott mill which was amazing so, yeah, so by being a bit more resourceful and not just relying on our main wholesalers and, and going out to the community. And we still got a lot of those avenues that we're using today because actually the products 
became very popular and it's supporting local business, which is what we wanted to do. Do you think there's a benefit to living in a rural village? Do you think we have... Yes. Do you th- because, you know, we live near farms and, mm-hmm. and chickens yeah. and, yes. you know, do you think we, in some ways, in a survival sense, have a slightly upper hand? Yes. In some ways, yeah. You know, when I listen to the stories of people that I know that live in London, for instance, in first lockdown, which were waiting in a queue of several hundred people for an hour to get into Sainsbury's. We just didn't experience that here. We were very lucky. I think we are. And, of course, we live in the most beautiful place, don't we? The strawberry capital of the world. (laughs) We are really, really lucky. I don't get the sense that we'll have quite that drama this time. No. But I'm sure there'll be the odd things that we run out of. There'll be things that we may choose to ration. But um, at the moment, yeah, I think we're feeling... And I think people are probably more sensible. They realise that actually last time, they didn't really run out of food. They might have not been able to buy the particular brand of pasta that they liked. But it wasn't the end of the world. I think there's something to be said that to you. My question to you was, you know, what would you do different, you know, or, or anything like that. But I think... We've all been through it too, haven't we? The people who go to the shops and, as you said, you know, notice that panic buying, there is plenty of food and that we don't have to panic and that maybe, maybe we'll do this lockdown differently, but mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. we'll get to Christmas. Well, guys, it's, it's, it's just been fantastic talking to you both this evening. Thank you so much for giving us the time. It does sound like we are going to have some sort of Christmas in Draycott. People need to look out, don't they, at the fantastic shop window which has been used many times throughout the year yeah. hasn't it Absolutely. really yeah. successfully yes. it's been uh, quite a focal point hasn't it, it? whether has. it's for drama productions or different yeah. products that we're selling or pumpkin trails it's, or draycott diaries draycott diaries we've all been out and um, i noticed recently sorry that's jackie dog shaking her collar <laughs> she wants to go home <laughs> i noticed also there's an amazing um glass panel which i think somebody in the village we love our glass panel oh i love your glass panel (laughs) i did say guys and i mean this with all my heart i can thank you until cows come home but i think there's many people that you would both like to thank so this is your platform there are numerous people we should thank first of all i would just say we've been blessed with a fabulous shop manager in lenny who is just brilliant and also a fantastic team of volunteers. They know who they are and they've been wonderful and we couldn't have done any of this without any of them. And that's everybody who works in the shop and does the deliveries are all great. And I think as well, we've been very lucky to have had such a close-knit team to guide us through this process um, in the way of the committee. So I'd like to say a very, very big thank you to all of the committee members who have dedicated an exceptional amount of time Uh, to this project so it's yeah it's great well there's a thank you coming from us as well keep shopping yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) keep shopping i think that was a very good out jackie on behalf of draco dara's documentaries thank you both very much indeed thank you thank you Thank you, Jackie and Tim. That was just great. Wonderful to spend some time with you and hear all about the community shop and the year past and indeed going forward. One of the things I know you wanted me to mention was that the ethic of greenness is so important with the shop. You've already had solar panels go up, which has vastly reduced the bills. And it's very much your mantra going forward. 
also to say that you have exciting plans for, for, for the shop for Christmas and indeed 2021. But most importantly, I know you wanted me to thank everybody who uses the community shop and once again to everybody who volunteers. And with that in mind, I would like to dedicate this programme to the memory of Stephen Ledbetter. Thank you, Rob Elliott, for editing the programme, my brother for arranging the music. And most of all, thank you to everybody for listening to Draycott Diaries documentaries. (laughs) 